You got any hot sauce for me? I said a hip hop, the hip, the hip, the hip, hip hop. You don't stop the boogie to the bang, bang boogie. Oh, welcome back to the water cooler. Where we cover everything you need to know to not sound like an asshole at work. Man, I I just lost a fantasy football matchup. That was a heartbreaker. We had the Bills. They lost to the Broncos. It was a shit game. I was feeling a little down, but you just got me feeling nice, man. I'm feeling good on a Monday. You know, that's the thing about doing this podcast with with your bro, with with your best bud in the whole wide world. It's like I lost a fantasy matchup too because of Josh Allen turned the ball over so many times. But you know what? I'm in a good mood now. Pod going up on a Monday. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's get down to it. We just uh we buried the lead a little bit right there, but the Denver Broncos went to Buffalo and knocked off the Bills 24 to 22. The the Bills were seven point favorites, and we were saying smash it. They're gonna win that game. It's a must-win game. It's a get-right game. Josh Allen has to have it. Sean McDermott has to have it. And they did not fucking have it. Broncos tried to give yeah. them all, all the chances, too. It, they did. It, um, in, a, in a shocking turn of events, I was so right on my take of Sean McDermott beforehand that I, like, twisted my words around so much that I started to believe in them. And then fast forward to tonight and I'm right again. He's a fucking fraud. He's a terrible coach. I think, don't get me wrong, Josh Allen needs to be better. But I I just think it all boils down to the nonchalant um same voice been in the building for too long. And I think he's got I think I think that's what it really boils down to. Again, Allen Allen was bad. Allen was very bad tonight, but you know, the Bills turn the ball over literally the first play of the game, give the Broncos a field goal. Um, on that drive to the Broncos, they have the ball like at what the 30 yard line of the of the Bills when they get that turnover. The very first one. Yeah. Yeah. And they they get it to third and seven. They get a false start. It's third and twelve. You're deep in field goal range already, and you're like, oh, you know, take a shot here. You got to take advantage, try to get some points. What do they do? They run a little handoff up the middle to pick up like three yards and kick a field goal. That was a sign of how they were going to deal with this game, and their their um, their plan in this game was essentially playing keep away and just trying to keep the Bills off the field. And uh, I guess ultimately it worked. Javante had a solid game. Russ did enough. He, you know, but I don't know. I just think. The bills in general are are a problem. Um, I'm not ready to to uh, throw Josh Allen completely under the bus because I think he's a good quarterback. I think he gets caught up having to play uh, too much hero ball constantly, and that's what leads to some of these throws. And he has a fucking rocket arm, so he thinks he can make any throw in the world. Yeah, he does. I mean, he can make pretty much any throw he wants to, honestly. But he he had a tough game. And like you're saying, the Broncos, it felt like as soon as they got into field goal range, they were just like, all right, do whatever we can to just not turn the ball over. We're fine with field goals. They kicked four tonight, and it was just enough because they kicked a game winner as time expired to win it. But to talk about, I mean, we could talk about Russell Wilson. He's looked a lot better lately. He's had some actually really good games. Uh, Javante Williams is kind of getting back on track after getting hurt last year. 
Sutton made that fucking amazing catch in the back of the end zone. But the Broncos are four and five, and they're probably like 12th in the AFC right now. Like it's so loaded in the AFC in the middle of the pack. Um, they're in a tough division. I don't think that they're going anywhere, right? They're still in last place in their division. So we don't need to spend too much time talking about them, but let's talk about these bills. Like you mentioned, Josh Allen, two picks. I don't think he got credited with the fumble, but there was the one fumble with James Cook, the handoff. He did. Where, you know, that was a little sketchy. Or he did get credited with that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, they had so many fucking turns. They lost two fumbles. He threw two picks. One of them was off guy's hands. One of them was pretty bad, though. It's tough because you just cannot do that against these bad teams. Like, this is the same thing he did against the Jets in that week one game where it was like, bro, just don't do that and you win the game. Like, there's there's no excuse for, for losing this game at home. You know, I know you don't like Sean McDermott. I don't think he's a very good head coach either. But when you're Josh fucking Allen and you're, they're paying you to be, like, that dude – you can't be five and five right now. This is tough. Yeah, that's that's accurate for sure. It's um, it it was a lot like that Jets game because, yeah, they you know they went down nine zero and um because the the Broncos scored and missed an extra point, which and then they they missed two extra points tonight, which almost like easily could have cost them. And then you know while we're on the game, real quick, that last they they missed the field goal at the, as at the end of the game too, but the bills had fucking 12 guys on the field, which I don't know how you have that happen. Um, and so then they get to re-kick and they make this next one game over. But um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, they were down, they were down nine Oh and he, they go down, they get a good touchdown drive. It's nine to eight. And um you know, the the Bills or the Broncos go down and get a field goal to make it 12-8. You're like, oh, they're in this game. You know, they're going to go. They got the ball before half. They're going to go get some points. And, you know, this game's going to go in the Bills' favor now. And instead he throws a fucking pick. That leads to the Broncos getting another field goal, making it 15-8. And then they get the ball coming out of halftime and and start chewing up some, some clock. So, yeah, he just made too many mistakes. He he forces things way too much, and he's got skill players out there um, that are solid receivers. But I just I don't know what it is. They they just force things way too much, and he didn't get the run game going, which I thought he was gonna have opportunities to run the ball. He got one rushing touchdown, but the yards just weren't there. I I don't know what it felt like all night he wasn't willing to just take what was there. Everything was downfield, downfield, downfield. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. We've seen this so many times this year where it's like, they wait until the very last moment. I got shit. We have to go score a touchdown and then they do it. But it's like, man, if you could just take care of the ball for the rest of the game, you don't have to score on every fucking drive, but just don't turn it over and give the Broncos such a short field so many times. Like, I don't think they had a drive over 60 yards and they put up 24 points. I'm looking at the the, the drive chart right here. It, it was 52 yards, 54 yards. Their first one, like you said, they went four plays, six yards, kicked a field goal. They had one where they went eight plays, 45 yards, kicked a field goal. They made it way too easy on them. And the Broncos still have like a, a decent defense. They still have Russ and some playmakers. Like you can't just give shit like that away in the NFL. This isn't fucking 
this isn't college where you can pull that shit off and still win against terrible teams. Everyone in the NFL is talented. So if you give them that many chances, Sean Payton's an experienced coach. They're going to make you look like idiots. And then, like you said, that last drive, they had them third and 10. They dialed up like an all-out blitz. Judy, you know, got open. It was a defensive pass interference, but part of that was because you put your guy in a position where he had to be one-on-one with Judy. Mm-hmm. They're in field goal range, and then you have the 12 men on the field. And that's where Sean McDermott comes in. It's like, yeah, you might be a really good defensive coordinator, but all this shit that happens under your watch, like that all falls back on you as the head coach. So if you can't get the fucking right guys out there for a last second field goal, like how many times do you practice that a year? It should happen every single practice. Like you should, that should be fucking drilled in. Like a high school team could have gone out there and at least put the right guys on the field. And guess what? They would have won the fucking game. <laughs> Like that's exactly. all you had to do was just stand out there. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was, yeah, that's my thing with McDermott. And I, again, I think he's a good coach because it, it, it feels not to extent obviously of like Andy Reed, when he was with the Eagles, his time, just, he had to go like it. He started having a couple bad seasons, it, like kind of hung on too long. And then what happens? He goes and wins two Super Bowls with the chiefs. I don't McDermott's not that level of coach, obviously, but I think he could go be a good coach somewhere else again, but it just feels like things are too stagnant. It's all been the same, same shit happening with this team year in and year out. And I don't know. I just think, um, I think Josh Allen needs more of a offensive guy that can really like, like look at him and be like, Hey, we're doing shit this way because what you're doing doesn't fucking work all the time. Mm -hmm. You know? And like when he threw that pick before halftime, you can see McDermott as he's coming off the field and McDermott's like, let's fucking go like mad at him. And it's like, well, you know, he's just thinking like, we got to go get points here. There's no real, real, like, I guarantee there's not much coming from anyone outside of that of like, yeah, we need to go get points here. You know, that's kind of the statement. Whereas like, if you have that offensive minded coach, that's really in there, um, that's worked with him for a long time, they're going to be on the same page on what they need to call and, and, and be there. Whereas, you know, Ken Dorsey has been the coordinator for what this year and last year. Mm -hmm. And he had Dable before that had a different guy before that. So it's always this change because you have that defensive head coach. Yeah, that's fair. You're going to have like a natural headbutting that occurs when he's like, Hey, our defense is playing pretty fucking good quit turning the fucking ball over, go score some points. Yeah. That's what we're yeah. Uh But they kind of bailed uh, Sean Payton out at the end of the game. Running that like two-minute drill the way they did where they intentionally set up where they had to kick a field goal. They had no timeouts left, so they had to kick a field goal as the clock was running. Yeah, And like they had to sprint out, couldn't clock it because it was fourth down. Why not on third down, like drop back and just throw the ball away? Yeah, or... Yeah, or just, yeah, be. I get the mindset of it of there being enough time. You don't want there to be any time at all left. Yeah, but I mean, 10 seconds, you know, it's like, yeah, and it makes it makes everything, everything speed up and rush. And the the 12 men on the field absolutely bailed Peyton out because otherwise we'd be talking about how fucking stupid that was. Yeah, bailed him out big time. And, and if, um, they snapped it too, like if he had made that first one, they were going to have to kick off. The Bills were at least going to be on the field for one play. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe Shakir was going to take that kick to the house and win the, <laughs> the matchup. <Yeah. laughs> but, 
yeah, it was a weird manage management of the clock and just kind of, I don't know, both they're two good coaches, but it feels like they're kind of maybe the game's passed them by a little bit in regards to, I don't know. They're just, they've been in the game for a long time. Like, yeah. It's a very different league right now. I saw, I saw one tweet after the game. I was like, I don't understand why everyone's like bagging on McDermott. Like the defense has been playing great. Uh, they didn't lose in this game. It's bad field position. It was like, yeah, exactly. Like he's a really good defensive coordinator. And yeah. then you see when he's the head coach, like shit is falling apart. They're having these dumb penalties, big turnovers, like great, great defensive coordinator. He should stick to that. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, you mentioned this like week one. It's tough for these guys in today's NFL that are defensive minds to be head coaches, especially when you have a, an uber talented quarterback like Josh Allen, who's young and needs someone to mold him into the superstar he can be. He's a little butterfly stuck in a cocoon mm-hmm. of defensive football. He is. I tell you what needs to happen is McDermott needs to be let go. Dable needs to be let go. Dable comes over and head coach for the Bills, and they're going to do big things over there. Just a clean swap. Just trade him right now. Just swap. It, honestly, it worked good for the Giants too, probably. Yeah, probably. It, last thing on this game, I know you saw this. Stephon Diggs' little brother, cornerback for the Cowboys, Trevon Diggs, tweeting, man, we got to get 14 out of there or something like that. That's a tough look. Yeah. Are we sure he wasn't talking about Sutton? Uh, I'm just joking. Okay. I'm like, I don't think not, so. <laughs> definitely not about sudden. Yeah. I, uh, I can't imagine Stefan Diggs is not one to uh, hide his displeasure. And, uh, I can't imagine he's going to hide that very well, especially Bill's got a tough schedule coming up. They're looking at, I, I don't think they're making the playoffs. I don't think I, I, I don't see a path for them to make the playoffs, honestly. Um, they got a really, really tough um, schedule coming up. They're, the thing that'll save them is the Jets and the Patriots are bad in their division, and the Dolphins are, who knows, when they play you know, a tough team. So maybe they'll be okay. But, man, they just continue to be uh, let down. And Diggs, I don't know, Diggs is a, a super good player. Allen's a good quarterback, but he he's definitely not one to hide his displeasure and i'm sure uh that'll be a fun conversation for for them yeah that whole situation has been kind of lightly boiling all year you know it's been pretty obvious that he's a little bit unhappy there's been some of the some reports about it you know at the beginning of the year and then when your little brother's tweeting that uh, right after a, a tough loss against a bad broncos team that's me very awkward in the in the uh you know, offensive meetings for the next week. But Spondy is a great player. Yeah, he is. I love that he used the number though, because I guarantee he I guarantee he's gonna use the same excuse I did and just be like, no, no, I was I was definitely talking about Sutton. Yeah, he'll have a tweet written by his agent by tomorrow morning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was talking about my boy Cortland, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, it'll right. be yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think that covers it for that one. But like you said, that's definitely something to watch with the AFC being so fucking jam-packed in the middle. All those five and five, five and four teams vying for like two spots that are really out there. Uh, Going to be a fucking tight one down to the wire in, in that playoff race. 
Let's move on. We're going to cover the Thursday night game that is coming up, and it is a fucking doozy. We got this Cincinnati Bengals versus the Baltimore Ravens. It's an AFC North battle. Bengals coming off a tough loss to the Texans. Ravens coming off a tough loss to the Browns after being up a bajillion points. The Ravens are at home, though. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 46, and this game is going to have huge implications as far as tiebreaker as far as just standings as it sits right now this is one you're going to look at when it gets down to the end it's probably going to be these two teams in that division uh competing to see who gets that division win home playoff game and who has to play on the road in the wild card weekend i'm so so excited for this game this is um gonna be a great matchup the way this spread is right now i would definitely go with the Bengals. I like that three and a half because I it feels like a field goal type game. I could see this being like a 23-20 game. Like it's not going to be super high scoring, which I guess that kind of makes me like the under because that's unders at over unders at 46. But three and a half feels really safe for the Bengals because I could see them coming out and making a statement, like a statement type bounce back game here. Um but yeah, I don't know. The Ravens are kind of in the same boat. It's going to be two teams that are like pissed, very pissed off about last week. And that'll be, you know, that's going to make things uh, super interesting there. The thing with these Thursday night games is there's a huge advantage for the home team because you're not traveling. It's it's already a short week when you're on the road on top of it. It's like extra short because you're traveling leading up to it, things like that. Uh, whereas when you're at home, you at least have a little bit more of a sense of normalcy. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but if, as long as it's at three and a half, which I would be surprised if it ends there, I could, I definitely see it ending at a even three. So if you're, uh, if you're the betting type, maybe take advantage of that half point right now and get, get that bet in. Yeah, I think both of these teams are so pissed that they the other one lost last weekend because just like you said, they're both like, we got to go win this game. We got to make a statement. They're going to be locked in, ready to go. No one's going to be taking this game lightly. Not that they would if they had won last week, but it does add just a little bit more of an edge for both of them. Uh, T. Higgins is out again for the Bengals. So Jamar Chase, probably going to have to carry the load, should have a big day. That Ravens defense is really fucking good, though. We didn't really necessarily see it against the Browns, although the Browns defense kind of they kind of had a big part in in the Browns putting up 30 plus last week. So should be fun. I think 23-20 is absolutely nailing it just because I know Vegas is the best at what they do. It'll probably be 23-20. And whoever's losing will kick a field goal to tie it. They'll go to overtime tied at 46. And yeah. then we might just get a fucking tie. They might tie yeah. this game. Who knows? going to be a great one to watch. This is the first Thursday night game like all year that's super fucking exciting except the opener with the Chiefs and Lions. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for this one. Um but yeah, it's going to be tough for the Bengals without Higgins again, but Chase is going to go do his thing, I'm sure. And Boyd had a big game. He had that big drop in the end zone, but um up to that point he had been going crazy as well. So I don't know, it will be interesting to see because Burrow obviously has looked much more healthy lately, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see him if if he bounces back um, like full strength in a couple days versus having a week off. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on too, I'd say. But yeah, I don't know. Ultimately, I think I just 
I, I guess I just got a soft spot for the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This game, this game's pretty uh this if if this was uh if this was on the Sunday slate, it might be the Trust Your Nuts game of the week, honestly. Well, it'll be the Trust Your Nuts game of the day for sure. That's for damn sure. And you've been all over these Ravens. You called like the last three games to a T. So all right with you. I'll go Bengals here. I need to see Lamar like have a fucking like MVP Lamar kind of game. This is where he needs to show up. He like you said last week, he's been playing good, but he hasn't really had like a monster game yet where it's like, holy shit, that's the guy that won the MVP a few years ago. That's why he got paid the way he did. We need to see that. Like he hasn't had to do it yet this year. They've been playing great. The defense has been awesome. They run the fucking ball all over everybody with whoever they put back there. They're going to need him this week if they're going to beat the Bengals. Got to show up on Thursday night. It's prime time, baby. Yeah. It, it's time. It's time. And and honestly, for both quarterbacks, it, it it I think it's got potential to be, you know, now I'm talking myself into the over. I love the I'm, over already. I hope I hope it just becomes a, a shootout and both quarterbacks like just showing that they're the man, you know. There's no analytics behind it. There's no stats that could support it. Both these guys are just cool as shit. And they, I feel like they care that it's primetime. It's a standalone game. They know the whole country's watching. They're like, mm-hmm. we got to go fucking show out. And I think they will. Like, they both can can support that kind of fucking confidence and swag. They back it up when they need to. Hammer in the over. I agree. That might, yeah. That I. That's the lock of the day. That's the lock of the day right there. Let's go. I'm putting the house on. <laughs> Too bad I rent, but that's all right. I think that covers it for the NFL. There's not too much else going on in the world right now as far as sports. Uh, Should we cover a little bit of the NBA? We're about 10 games in, like you said earlier. How you feeling? How's it looking out there? Let's let's check in, quick check in on the NBA. So our our idea here is, um, you know, most teams have played 10 games up to this point, nine, nine everyone's in like the nine to 11 range on games. So my thought is uh, we just check in every 10 games, you know, um, at least while football's going. And then that gets us through football season. Once that's done, then b- basketball's really ramping up. But right now, early on, um, we'll start in the Eastern conference Sixers, man, they started own one. They've won eight in a row. They haven't lost since they trade James Harden. Um, it's just, they're looking great out there and beads putting on for that MVP. Uh, Tyrese Maxey has been going nuts over there looking like a real bona fide superstar. Um, and then outside of that, it's pretty much the Celtics have been, are the team that's looking good over there. And that was kind of to be expected. I think when we did the preview there, they were either the, I think they might've been the betting favorite. They it, were, it might've, it was them first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Them, then the nuggets. Yeah. So, they're they're living up to that expectation and handling business. Um, but yeah, aside from that, Bucks they're kind of still adapting with um, Dame coming in. He struggled badly tonight. Uh, the Heat are always going to be around. Um, the real disappointment in the East, I would say, is the Cavs. They've started really slow. Um, but yeah, other than that, everything's kind of chalk. Uh, the Magic have been a um, positive, I would say, in the East. They're they're sitting at five and four only, but um, they were definitely expected to be one of the one of the lower teams. So, um, what up, Will? No, nah, this is Rivers, dude. Oh, uh, it's Rivers. I, I can't respect. tell. You. My bad, Rivers. 
But yeah, really uh, quick on that Eastern Conference, uh, I think the only thing that's really changed in the top five, I'm looking at the odds right now, is the Celt- or the Sixers and the Cavs switch spots. So the Sixers, after trading away James Harden, they look fucking phenomenal. And it, you're more of a an avid watcher than I am. Is Maxi legit? Like, is he can he take that fucking oh, yeah. load? That's a weird way to say it, but the the void left behind by James Harden. Oh yeah, because that void was like nothing. By the I time mean, it was obsolete at this point. But I'm talking about like, yeah, yeah. James no, Maxi, Maxi just had a 50 point game. Like Maxi's legit. He's a baller. Uh, super, super good. But the fact that their odds switched makes me want to hammer the Celtics because the Sixers do this. They're they're a regular season type team. They they've done this the past couple of years. And Bead goes crazy the regular season. He gets gassed out, and then. And then the Celtics beat them. So no, just to be clear, so we don't give any bad advice. If I said Celtics, I meant Cavs. Cavs and Sixers switch spots. Celtics are still number one. By oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, that makes sense. I was like, damn, I would love to bet the Celtics now. Then, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, no, that's uh Maxi is legit. Mac, they should 100 percent be ahead of the Cavs. Yeah. Cavs are in a weird spot because they overperformed last year, and they were kind of expected to come back to normal this year. And if that's the case, they're probably going to start trading off some guys because they're not really in a spot to actually contend, you know? Yeah. We'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah, that's the very, very brief um, based on what I've seen Eastern conference. You got anything else to add on that? No, no. Sounds great. Okay. We'll move on to the West. Uh, The big takeaways here, nuggets back. Like they never left. Jokic are who we thought they are. They are. They are. Word. He's he's probably the most likable and most relatable superstar ever. Like he he treats the NBA like it's his fucking day job. He's just looking at it like, fuck, I got to go put up a 30 point triple double again. I guess I will. I wish I was watching my horses race back in Serbia right now, you know, but he's he's handling business. He's a stud. Jamal Murray doing his thing. Um, the other thing, which. I wish we would have put money in on this. We talked about it. I I, I said Luca was the best bet on MVP. Luca is playing like a fucking MVP right now. They're sitting at eight and two, tied with the Nuggets for the best record. He's Luca's been going insane over there, and um, him and Kyrie are actually working out okay. Um, and then just one spot below them, the other like big surprises, the Timberwolves have been amazing. Um, Anthony Edwards is a fucking superstar. Like he go, he's going crazy. He's, we were talking about it a little bit offline yesterday, but he's just a fucking hooper. Like he, he talks his shit. He handles his business. Him and Draymond were getting into it last night. Um, Draymond's talking shit to him and Anthony Edwards just talks it right back. He's 22 years old, talks it right back, handles his shit jams on people he's just he's a stud man he goes he's going crazy out there um but yeah you know that's the main surprise in the in the west the other surprise though too like we talked about a little bit is the rockets um there's they started zero and three they won six in a row they're super young upcoming up and coming team so um i doubt that's going to be super sustainable but you know we're 10 we're, we're 10 9 10 games in it's a good start we'll take it for them yeah, definitely. Yeah, as far as awards, you want to talk about MVP. Luca's second behind Jokic, 
we talked about how with Kyrie there, it's like tough to say someone's the MVP. Like you look at Giannis, it's like, well, now they have Dame over there. So how can you give it to one or the other? Because mm-hmm. I mean, they're both amazing basketball players on the same team. Anthony Edwards, sneaky plus 3000. What would it take? Like a, a three seed? I think if they got the three seed, I think he could get it. Yeah. That but, game against the Warriors, Draymond's gone. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And then he just went on a fucking tear, closed the game out. They won by like 10. It's like that. That's yeah, what he's going to do. Exactly. He had a clip too where he they were playing the Celtics and he was talking, him and Tatum were talking. Tatum was talking shit to him at the jump ball. And Edwards just started saying, he he started talking back to me. He's like, I, I can play defense. I just got five fouls. Like he was saying, that's why he wasn't guarding him. Mm-hmm. And then they did match up and he locked him the fuck up and then went down court and scored. It was, he's just like, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, But yeah, our Kings and our Kings and Lakers, Kings got that dub against the Lakers. They're sitting at five and four Lakers won the last two. They're at five and five Warriors, six and five. All, all three of those teams probably end up passing up the Thunder, probably end up passing up the Rockets, you know, get into that four, five, six range. Um, and that's the thing, too, with like you were talking about with Edwards. If if the Timberwolves do ball out and he keeps them up above those teams and they're only below the Nuggets or in the Mavericks, maybe, or Nuggets and one of those three um, other teams we just mentioned, he could definitely get the MVP. Yeah, that would be fucking awesome. He is super yeah. fun to watch. Just a cool ass, like weird ass dude who just exactly. says whatever the fuck is on his mind. Exactly, and he's probably going to win this the scoring title. Um, and so yeah, if they're top three to four seed, um, that gets you in the conversation for MVP for sure. The thing with Luca is he hasn't won one yet. So if he continues to do what he's doing, because he's putting up ridiculous numbers. If he continues to do that and then the Mavericks stay relevant in that top four range, then he'll he'll get it over Edwards. Yeah. It's kind of a tier system. It's a they'll assume Edwards is gonna get one later and Luca's due right now, you know. You also know it's like Luca's been one of the top, you know, five players in the world over the last few years. So it's like we gotta get this guy, like you're saying, like he he's earned it. It's it's not just this year always, it's like a culmination yeah. of some things. Exactly. All right, the, last thing before we go, let's hit this rookie of the year race. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it even a race? We got women Yana minus 350. He's a heavy favorite. And then Chet is plus 350. The next closest one is plus 3,000. This is the only two that even have a chance. I know we're only 10 games in. It doesn't fucking matter, though. Nah, it's between those two for sure. Um, I, I think ultimately Chet's going to have the numbers that might say, like, this guy should do it. But what Wembenyama like brings nightly, and the highlight packages he brings nightly, um, and just the way, if their numbers are comparable like they are right now, um, Wembenyama will get the nod. Just be yeah. just by nature of how freakishly athletic he is, and to overcome and, that hype, he's gonna have yeah. to like handily beat him in some statistical categories. Exactly. That being said, Chet um, is shooting like. 60 percent damn near from the field like around uh 50 from the uh from three which is just insane from for his size so he's he's a freak in his own right he's got the thunder at six and four um spurs are at three and seven so maybe that comes into maybe we sprinkle a little on chet and become big chet guys a little chet anthony edwards like parlay can you parlay those parlay those we're we we'd retire after that 
Well, hey, hey I, last, that, that's a very last thing on the Western Conference. Fuck the Clippers. They're own four since they got Harden. The Lakers run LA all day. <laughs> all right. I think that's a beautiful spot to end it. We keep it short and sweet. We'll be back here Thursday night. So check us out Friday morning. Don't forget to bet the over. Yes, sir. And with that, I'll see you at the water cooler. Cheers. Steady. If you wanna live it, place it in your mind. Everything could change in just one night. There we go again, talking real heavy. Listen up, world, I think I'm talking pretty steady. If you wanna live it, place it in your mind. Everything could change in just one night.